0: You're listening to episode 16 of the Modern Witch Podcast, today's pagan pop culture for the Modern Witch. Your host is Devin Hunter, and on today's show, we have author Sasha Graham. (laughs) Probably one of the best songs ever. Um, welcome back to the Modern Witch Podcast. I am your host, Devin Hunter. Um, and happy Beltane. So sorry that I was not able to get the show out on Beltane like I had planned. Um, I hope everyone had a wonderful festival. Um, I just came back from Ohio and did a cross-country kind of drive, uh, road trip, all by myself and while I had my bird. Um, but um, it was a very interesting experience that I would like to share part of with you. Uh, I was driving through Kansas, and uh, at some point in time, I guess the the rules had switched that you could not drive in the left lane of the highway, um, and you got to think I'm literally there's only two lanes anyway, as it is, um, but as I'm, so I was driving through the left lane, I passed someone, and I didn't go back over to the right lane, and I was pulled over by a police officer um, for driving in the left lane, and he ended up writing me a warning ticket, but of course he Looks at my license and i have a california id and then i have ohio tags on my car um so he found this suspicious and um, asked if he could search my car and i had nothing to fear i wasn't really worried about anything so i said absolutely officer um, you know you can do whatever you want so i didn't tell him you do whatever he wanted but he was allowed to search my car so he ended up immediately going through everything and ripped out like parts of the the, the covering for the the um, trunk of the car and just really went in depth. So it was an hour and a half later, and then ended two other police officers and ended up showing up. And um, of course, they didn't find anything, but I had a lot of witchcraft stuff with me. I had my wonderful, beautiful cauldron. It was the first cauldron that I got. It's really, really big. Um, so I had that in the back seat, and I have this beautiful um, steel pentacle candle holder that um, a good friend and coven sister of, of mine gave to me a couple years ago. And, um, I had a box full of herbs and I had statues of the goddess and just in a broom. <laughs> so all this stuff is loaded up in my car with, with my clothes and my bird and, um, a whole bunch of musical instruments. Cause I'm into my music again. So they rip everything out of the car and yada yada, they didn't find anything. So as he is basically letting me go, he looks at me and he kind of cocks his head to the side and the officer says, well, you didn't put a spell on me. Did you? And he gets this grin on his face and i was my my jaw just instantly dropped because i thought who on earth feels like that's an appropriate thing to say when you're you know getting searched Um, let alone in kansas and we all know the bible belt um and i was kind of speechless for a second and then i just kind of smiled at him and i said well not yet and i gave him one of those um you know eating grins and um he just kind of gave me this weird look and let me on my way but as I was driving through the state, um, so I had that incident. Like I so said, was an hour and a half on the side of the road with three police officers, and it was absolutely crazy. And then that comment I felt was a little um, unnecessary. And then as I, I had to stop at a gas station while I was in Kansas to um, kind of you know fill up the car and everything, and of course call my partners and tell them, oh my God, I just got you know an hour and a half on the side of the road with search, yada yada yada. And I walk in and they're selling Jesus saves um t-shirts and like memorabilia and that's that was it there wasn't any like welcome to kansas shot glasses or any of that kind of stuff which of course is what i was collecting Uh, it was just all like jesus saves t-shirts and i gotta tell you i've never felt so out of place in my life i think i was kind of lucky of course growing up in ohio um because there's a there's diversity in ohio not much but there is Um, But when it really got down to it, I never felt ashamed to be a pagan or felt like somebody was trying to make me feel that way. Um, But, of course, going to Kansas, that was a completely different experience um, that I was not prepared for. I wasn't expecting. Um, And, yeah, it did. It just gave me that feeling of, oh, this, this person obviously does not like what I do, doesn't like who I am. And feels that they are better or somehow superior, or maybe that I'm lost on my path, um, and they feel that they have the right to make some statement. Um, and of course, it was a police officer, and I—we've you know, all heard horror stories of you know the police not really liking pagans and and uh, you know accidentally finding something that maybe wasn't there before or whatever. So my heart was just racing the entire time, just completely racing. Um, it ended up being a very interesting trip overall because I really got to, um, see how gorgeous the United States of America is. Um, and I kind of just went straight through the Midwest. So of course I didn't get to the South a lot or the North, but we have a really beautiful country here. And one of the things that was kind of funny, the last day I was driving home, I was listening to the radio and it was, I was driving from Salt Lake city to San Francisco. Um, it was a very long day, but, um, when I was in the car, of course, listening to the radio, the announcer came on. You got to think, Salt Lake City, it is like I think 90% Mormon, um, and so there was a lot of Mormon radio stations and this, that, and the other, which I thought was fascinating. And um, but so I heard, I hear the, the radio DJ talking about how you know we have this great country, we have this great uh, state that we get to live in, you know, everything's beautiful. We've got all these great opportunities in life. But for some reason, we have one of the highest suicide rates um, in the world, just, you know, Utah itself. And all I could think of is, of course, you know, all of the gay people that live there, um, all of the people who who grew up feeling a little different. Maybe they were, you know, maybe they could have made great pagans, but these people who um, their, their own religious community, their own community doesn't support them and, and their options and, then, you know, them looking into things. Um, whether it be about their sexuality or their spirituality. And I was just kind of taken aback. So when I got back to the Bay Area, of course, the Bay Area for paganism is, is pretty much like Washington, D.C. Um, it's kind of our mecca here in the U.S. It's a wonderful place to be different. It's a wonderful place to explore your options as a person who is a little different, um, whether it's your sexuality, whether it's that you're a big artist, you're pagan, Whatever. Um, it's a great place to be, and, of course, a lot of pagan movements start here in the Bay Area. So I was just so glad to be home because I felt, oh, okay, I'm not an outsider anymore. But, um, yeah, it was a really interesting trip, and I, I have to say I send love and warm wishes to those pagans who are living in the Midwest or living who are living in an area that um, you – you know, you've got to deal with some stereotypes and you've got to deal with some um, hate. Um, like I said, driving through that and having that conversation was a really interesting thing to have with a police officer. And I can only imagine living like that day to day. There was a little bit of that where I grew up. Um, it was more about being gay than it was about the spirituality. But I like I said, I've never felt so out of place in my entire life. So that was a really interesting thing. So send love to those people who are living in those circumstances because that is nothing anybody should be doing. Um, But when I got to get back to California um, the following weekend, I got to go to the pagan pride um, in Berkeley, uh, which is sponsored by the pagan Alliance here. And those people at the pagan Alliance, thank you so much. That was one of actually, that was the best pagan pride um, events that I've ever been to. And I've been to quite a few Um, It was very well organized. It was great music. There was um, amazing vendors. It was just a really fun, beautiful experience. Um, So thank you to the Pagan Alliance, if anybody in the Pagan Alliance is listening. Um, They actually ended up naming Miss Rabbit Matthews, who has come on the show before, and we'll see her again uh, in the future, uh, the Keeper of the Light this year, uh, which is a wonderful kind of uh, position to be in. And she really, truly does embody a lot of those uh, ethics and beliefs um, that the pagan community values. And she does hold on to that. Um, Her and I are still working on some of the the kinks with the Dianic stuff, but there will be some really interesting developments, I have a feeling, uh, towards later on in the year, um, that I will, of course, be sharing with you. But uh, congratulations to Miss Rabbit Matthews for that. Um, Speaking of, like, pagan events, if you guys are going to a pagan event, take some pictures— Um, of the event and send them to me. I would absolutely love to not only put them on the website, but to show the world that we are here and that we are celebrating. Um, Not just that, but also segue um, into the newest announcement uh, for the show. The Modern Witch Podcast is now going to be um, doing the Modern Witch Vidcast. Um, So there will be a 15 to 20 minute uh, YouTube video that we'll be posting um, about stuff that's going on around in the world when it comes to paganism, um, news events, things like that. But also, um, you know, what are we doing in our community? Let's show off our community a little bit. Um, I know that I've been, been getting really excellent web traffic um, and I would love to show the world that we are here and that we are proud and that we are celebrating um, who we are as witches, as pagans. So when you go to those events, you take pictures you send them to me. I'll put them on the video so that people will see them for sure. Um, if, if you just want to do a promotional thing for your, for your event, that's fine. But I want to see what we are doing as a Pagan people. I know we talked about this a little bit last episode, um, and I don't want to rehash all that quite yet, but this is a great opportunity for everyone involved to show that we have an amazing community. So definitely take pictures, send them in to me. And, uh, speaking, uh, again on the vidcast, check out our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash modern podcast. Um, there are some videos up there now. And again, I will start, we're going to start doing the vidcast. We're expecting that to start to come up next month. Um, and I will promote and promote and push that. And everybody, I will let you know, um, The best way to find out, of course, is to be on our Facebook page or to follow me on Twitter. And we'll talk about all that stuff in the end of the show. Um, But definitely uh, check those things out and send me your your maybe even video snippets, whatever. Send them to me. Let us show the world how amazing uh, the pagan people are in the 21st century. Um, Check me out on Christian Day's show, Hex Education, on June 1st. Um, I was kind of honored to be asked to be on the show. Um, I think Christian Day is a very interesting person, um, and of course the pagan community has a very wide um, opinion of him, and because of that, he's coming on our show to talk about all those things. So, if you have a question that you would like to ask Christian Day, email me. Um, and the email, of course, is uh, modernwitchpodcast at gmail.com. Shoot us the email so we know um, what you would like us to ask him. He'll be coming on in a couple months. So, Get on the ball, send us that stuff, send us your pictures, send us your vids, and um, we'll we'll get the ball rolling on that. But again, June 1st on Christian Day's podcast, which is called Hex Education. Um, join me there. I, it is going to be a very fascinating discussion, and um, I would love to see that my listeners are, are following um, along with the development of the show and going on to other shows is a part of the development of the show. So definitely check it out. I have a feeling like it's going to be fascinating. Um, And again, I'll put uh, more information about Christian Day coming on our show. We also have one of the biggest name pagans in the world, in the world, coming on to our show. um, And her name is Miss Fiona Horn. Um, She has agreed to come on to the show to discuss some of the really interesting things in her career. Um, Of course, we know her as a rocker from Australia um, who turned into a solo artist, who turned into an author on witchcraft and paganism. And she lives in L.A. now um, as as well as Australia, and she is pretty much Hollywood's um, view of witches, essentially. She is really the go-to witch in L.A. and in Hollywood. Um, And So she has a lot of famous clients that come see her, and um, I'm just so looking forward to having her on the show. I've been a fan of hers. She's sexy. She's beautiful. She's been a playboy. Um, She's just – she's an amazing person, so – I'm interested in having her on the show. Of course, we all know um, she was on a television show on the science fiction channel um, called Mad Mad House. And that really split the pagan community in half. Um, did we like it? Did we not like it? She was the basically the representative for witchcraft um, for that television show. It was very, very interesting. And I want to talk to her about some of the things that happened there. Um, also, of course, you know, she has books and books and books. Um, she's a very fascinating woman, and she's will be. She's working on another book right now, um, so we're going to be able to talk to her about that and hear some really, really great music. So all this stuff is coming your way. We also have Jason Pitzel-Waters. I mean, we've got some really, really interesting people coming up this summer, and I would love to hear your thoughts again modernwitchpodcast at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. Let me know what's up. Let me know your thoughts, what questions you'd like to ask, your pictures and your videos, all that good stuff. So without further ado, today's music is going to be by Friday Night at the Movies, which we just heard, um, Demonia Nymph, and Canal. So definitely stay tuned, hear some great music, and hear a special interview with Sasha Graham. Welcome back to the Modern Witch Podcast, today's pagan pop culture for the Modern Witch. This is your host, Devin Hunter, and joining me in the studio is Sasha Graham, who is the author of the new book, Tarot Diva. Sasha is one of New York's premier Tarot readers, um, and she does some magic, we're going to talk about that later on in the show. Sasha, welcome to the Modern Witch Podcast.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So, Tarot Diva drops this month from Llewellyn. Um, what made you write this book?
1: It does. It does. Um, you know, my my motivating force. And well, first of all, I you know, like a lot of people, I've always wanted to write a book. I've been you know a lover of books and literature my entire life. Um, so I had always had you know delusions of grandeur, thinking you know, of course, one day I'll write a book. Well, you know, as as fate would have it, um, quite literally, uh, Tarot Diva came about because as I was learning to read tarot and. You know, I was a Halloween baby, so I always felt like reading tarot was something that I should be able to do. Um, and and in 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 learning it and in picking up my first deck when I was 12 years old, you know, I was I was frustrated by how to go about learning uh, learning what the cards meant. You know, because there's there's 78 cards. You know, and you if you include reversals, it's 100. I think in 56 meanings that you need to sort of integrate into your mind, um, and that can be very, very overwhelming. So Tarot Diva is really the book that I wish had been out there when I was learning how to read the cards because it's a lot more than just a definition book uh, or a philosophy book. Um, It's very active. You know, I filled it with, um, with recipes. So there's 10 recipes connected to the card. So as you're cooking these recipes, and they're delicious, by the way, we have like a goat cheese salad, Parmesan wafer crisps, um, garlic, uh, goat cheese, and chutney, like appetizers. So as you're making these savory, delicious dishes, it's also very much connected to the meaning of the card. So... You know, while you're doing something enjoyable, you're also learning about tarot. And so the same way that it's connected to recipes, I have loads and loads of exercises that you can actually do to have fun in your life, but also embody the card. So again, you don't have to sort of commit to memory what the three of cups represents, you can actually get some of your good friends together and form a secret society. Uh, and in doing so, that sort of embodies the quality of that card. So it's sort of about um, enriching your life while you're learning tarot at the same time. So yeah, so the book is really, it's really the book I wish had been out, had been out there when I was sort of desperately trying to, I wanted to grasp all 78 cards immediately. And it was frustrating to me that it felt like it took so long. So although the journey was super fun. Um hopefully Tarot Diva will make it a lot more fun for other people, a lot more enjoyable in the process as as they're learning cards or taking their their tarot practice to the next level.
0: All right, Sasha, so just what exactly is a Tarot Diva?
1: A Tarot Diva is is someone essentially who who uses tarot to sort of to, to, to prep themselves up, to enliven themselves, to sort of bring out, you know, their best qualities. So, you know, a, a, the word diva is derivative of divine, you know, and all of us are born with these different things that make us unique, that make us special. And of course, like what makes you special is, you know, much more different than, you know, maybe what makes me special. But I think that because tarot, works at its best as a mirror for ourselves, we can use tarot to sort of bring out the best in ourselves. So a tarot diva is somebody who uses tarot to sort of bring out the the best that they are capable of doing. And and, and the book in and of itself is a great example. You know, I've always wanted to write, um, working with tarot, you know, looking at the cards, working with it, I was like, you know what, I, I could write a book on this. And, and essentially, I mean, Tarot Diva, the, the the physical book, is a perfect example of how you can use tarot to sort of, you know, to be sort of Oprah about it, you know, live your best life. Um, and that is different for each and every one of us. And uh, I think tarot can help us so greatly along our path. So, yes, a tarot diva is someone who uses tarot uh, to, to unleash their
0: fabulosity. So, one of the things, I mean, of course, we've talked about um, some of the recipes that are going to be in the book. Uh, what exactly can we expect to find when we open up to Road Diva? What, what is it that essentially makes that book what it is as an individual kind of thing on the market?
1: Um, and pretty much like you know, like what I've said, it's full of exercise. I've got um, along with recipes and along with physical exercises that you can do to embody the cards. Uh, other things that make it unique, I've got um, some really interesting meditations. Now I know that's nothing new in the world of tarot. Um, meditating into a card or sort of doing like vision work into a tarot card is is by no means unique. Um, but I do hope that I bring my own unique sort of flair to it. I I think I have a, a fairly gothic sort of magical lyri- lyricism in my writing. Um, the opening of the book, I literally invite you into my, into my chamber, and, you know, my tarot diva chamber is, of course, um, sort of the high priestess's home, which is a castle uh, very high on the sea cliffs under a full moon sky, so that I hope, you know, my hope is that this book, when you open up the pages and leave through, it's sort of like the dusty grimoire you've uncovered in your grandmother's attic. Like it's that sort of really magical book that opens up and gives you something solid that you can take out into the world. You know, I'm a big fan of, of cookbooks and, and, and spell books because they give you something practical that you can do. Um you know, if you need something, if you, whatever it is, whether you're hungry or you need to find love or you need to find more satisfaction in your life, a cookbook or a spell book gives you something that, you know, you can pretty much be doing in 10 minutes um, to help getting you on the road to where you want to be. So, yeah, so I hope that Tarot Diva is is like that for, for my readers, for when people open up the pages, that not only is it very entertaining um, and, and, and gothically delicious and supernatural, because that's what tarot is, um, but it's also helpful as well, and there's some sexy parts in it too. Um, you know what makes reading tarot sexy? I find tarot readings um, to be uh, a, you know one of the most. My friend Nancy Antonucci says a tarot reading is the second most intimate thing you can do with another person, and I agree. So I have a chapter in there about what makes tarot readings so super sexy. Um, because it talks about the lightness and the darkness of the cards. So, so it's, it's that sort of thing that I think is a little bit unique and a little bit different and hopefully, you know, really entertaining um, to my readers.
0: Sasha, you mentioned um, some, that there's some spell work using the Tarot to unleash your fabulosity. Um, what type of spell tips are, are you, um, or did you put in the book uh, for those people out there who are magical practitioners who really want to start kind of embodying the cards?
1: Well, I, I, you know, I think it's no surprise to a lot of people that uh, you know tarot cards, in and of themselves, are extraordinarily powerful magical agents. You know, each each card is a, holds a treasure treasure trove of meaning that you know, and depending on on how far along the practitioner is in their own tarot work, you know, that it, it's sort of, I think, you know, adjusted with that. But, you know, the power in, in tarot cards is their ability to speak to our subconscious through symbols. So it's sort of like that quick recognition, um, you know, so I think that like I have a spell for the, the two of cups, which is about finding your soulmate. You know, I, I read cards for so many people, and nine times out of ten, whether you know it's an exotic dancer from the Upper East Side or the vice president of Deutsche Bank, um, they're really looking uh, for love answers. You know, so using the two of the two of cups card, which is literally, um, you know, uh, it's the marriage card. It's two people coming together. You can use that in, you know, a Friday night sort of love bath spell, Um, and I think it just adds a a power punch uh, to spell work. I also think it gives an amazing focal point, and I think it's the kind of thing, a tarot card, because it can remain out long after you've performed uh, your magical work, so it's the kind of thing where you can, you know, slip a card underneath your pillow, um, and every time you see it, you can leave it out, you know, on your on your shelf, or on your desk, or on your table, and what it's doing, it's continually sort of reminding you of um, the uh, of what it is that you've accessed, and I think that, you know, it's just their treasure troves of power for any any magical work, so, I mean, it's always, I don't think I've ever done any magical work that didn't involve a tarot card, it just always seemed the obvious thing to me. Um and then I also think that they're very good for sort of if, if you know exactly where it is that you want to go, you can pull the cards purposefully to sort of create, you know, sort of like in a comic book, like what it is that you'd like to unfold. So, yeah, so that's how I use. I think I've got, I'm not sure I'd have to go back and look. I've got about 10 spells, I think, in the book. But, um, you know, tarot and magic, it's really sort of unlimited. I think.
0: Absolutely. So you mentioned on your website that you actually be- empower yourself through doing Tarot for other people. Um, can you explain what you mean by that?
1: I, I you know, I, I think that, I mean, maybe does it all go back to this idea of sort of doing something that's along the lines of community service? I mean, I think that when when I sit and read for a client, you know, the first thing that I do is, you know, when I prep, when you know, before I meet with them, you know, I open myself up and always ask that it's sort of for their higher good, that the, that the words coming out of my mouth or the impression that they walk away from is exactly what it is that they need to hear. You know, and I I think people, unless people are just coming for a quickie reading, like a five- or a ten-minute reading, you know, at a party, that's a different issue. But when people come for a long reading, um, we're talking about the things that are, you know, of the utmost importance in their life. And, you know, before I was a practicing professional, I can remember the times when I had gone to tarot readers when I was at an incredible crossroads and I really needed guidance and I really needed help um, to sit there to open up and, you know, I, I certainly hope that what I'm doing is empowering my clients. By empowering them, I empower myself. And, and you know, maybe it's a little bit selfish on my end. I mean, I do feel like opening up and you're sort of channeling when you're working with a client, right? You're opening up and you're channeling to a higher a higher power, a greater source, and hoping letting that wisdom filter down to them. You know, it's very much the same thing for me as sitting down to open up to paint a painting or to write. I mean, I, I think that opening up for uh, a tarot reading is the same as doing a lot of different sort of creative works where you act as a channel. Um, and to me, I've always gotten very high off of that, you know. Uh, so I always feel as if, I always feel empowered after a tarot reading because I feel as if I've been put to very good use. So along with, you know, along with that sort of I almost endorphin rush that I get from 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 offering from giving a really really good tarot reading, and you know the other part about that as well is that, you know I always say that a reading when you're reading tarot for another it should always come from a place of love. Now, doing something and coming from a place of love, um, isn't something we necessarily do every day. So you know if I maybe it was working in finance, I don't know that I would sit down at my desk and focus on, and maybe I would, but I wouldn't focus on the fact necessarily that, you know, the next hour is going to come from a place of love, but doing my work with tarot, I can do that. Um, So I can't help but feel sort of bigger and more loving and sort of more expanded if for no other reason that I've chosen to focus on that when I'm working with my clients. Do you see what I'm saying?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Sasha, you have a fabulous blog, by the way. Um, oh, and thank you. One of the posts on your blog was actually you had written about um, using celebrity meltdowns to explain the court cards. And awesome. I thought this was fascinating um, as a professional Tarot reader and someone who is a, a total Tarot foodie. Um, <laughs> I, I really <laughs> looked at that. I thought, holy moly, this chick has something. Um, and, uh, would you mind explaining that to the listeners at home?
1: yeah absolutely i mean you know i first of all you know it's 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 very interesting you know the way the way i I grew up when there was only one channel on television, you know when I was a little kid, everything's so niche now almost like our culture's only common denominator seems to be like the Charlie Sheen meltdowns, you know what I mean, it's sort of like, you know, it's sort of the common language of our culture now tends to be TMZ, um, for better or for worse, so I think that, you know, again, going back to this idea of, of, of trying to understand the tarot cards, you know, court cards can often, or often, you know, I find, and I think a lot of other people find the court cards really tough. To sort of figure out what they mean, what they are. And a long time ago, my tarot teachers, you know, I think it was my tarot teachers, had said, you know, find someone, put a celebrity sort of archetype in for each court card. That'll really help you sort of get to figure out who they are. So, like a perfect example, um, the Queen of Pentacles. To me, she's so Martha Stewart. Like, boom, you get it. Like, if you understand who Martha Stewart is and apply that to the card, you sort of can fill that, that card with so much meaning. Well, you know that you can do the same thing, especially with a celebrity meltdown. When you're looking at Knight energy, you know, because Knights are sort of all about that. Um, I always look at the Knights as being that explosive uh, teenage. Energy behind those cards. So when a is melting down, right? When Britney Spears is like shaving her hair off, or or Charlie Sheen is like going bananas on MSNBC, um, you can take a look at that and then and and sort of figure out, okay, what tarot card? How would I, you know, how would I apply that? Who who best suits them? You know, you can look at Michael Jackson's childhood, um, and that's a great example of like a a reversed page of wands you know somebody who was so full of fiery excitement and talent but you know his father sort of put that negative like reversal on him I don't know so so it's an interesting and fun thing to do also in tarot classes if um, any of the listeners teach tarot classes it's that's always sort of really really fun to pull out like celebrities who are, you know, going off the deep end and sort of figure out which court card they fit into. So um, I think what you were just recently referring to was, was Charlie Sheen's meltdown as a reversed Knight of Wands which, again, you know, celebrities, I think, are full of wand energies. I certainly always look at the Queen of Wands as the actress, the Julia Roberts card, you know, because she's sitting there sort of like, I'm fabulous, adore me, you know. And, and, you know, celebrities are so charismatic, and I think charisma is an essential element to wand and fire energy. So, so yeah, it's just a matter of, like, plugging in and figuring out which card is the best fit for which celebrity meltdown. So, yeah
0: fun sasha if people wanted to find out more about you where could they go
1: well they could go to my website sashagram.com um that's s-a-s-h-a-g-r-a-h-a-m.com um they could also go to my blog well my blog and everything is right there um on my website and then there's links where you can buy the books and there's some video links you can click on to see me um talking on camera, so yeah, so SashaGraham.com is sort of the best place to go.
0: All right, well, Sasha, thank you so much for taking the time out to come on the show.
1: Well, thank you. It has been such a pleasure to be your guest. Thank you, and I hope you'll, I hope you'll have me back again someday.
0: Absolutely. All right, so Tarot Diva drops this month from Llewellyn. Guys, check it out. Um, all right, well, stay tuned, and we'll be right back with your Witchy Astrology Forecast for the month of May. Hello
2: fans of the Modern Witch Podcast. This is Paul Bogle with your May 2011 Witchy Astrology Report. We are cooking with fire in the first weeks of May. The new moon in Taurus is giving us the grounding and stability we need now to put our energy and efforts to good use. With waxing moon energy helping us create, build, and make solid progress, until the 18th. The quintet of planets in Aries gives us the motivation to plow forward. If you think some changes are needed, this waxing phase in Taurus time will be receptive and fertile to your intentions and desires. Metaphorically it's time for a new crop, growth in new fields, different approaches to old problems, time for something fresh, bold, even unexpected. Stale, tired, and lazy old methods don't succeed at all now. Find somewhere in your life to break new ground and stretch yourself beyond the comfort zone of self-imposed limitations. Coming through at the full moon in Scorpio, clarity and revelations about what is not working, what old stuff needs to be eliminated, and how our moods, habits, and reactivity undermine our conscious efforts to evolve and succeed. By the time of the full moon, on May 17th, three of the five planets have shifted from fiery Aries to join the Sun in earthy Taurus. This is the Hare Moon in the Chinese year of the Metal Rabbit. That's mixing up Eastern and Western traditions, but it seems like a lot of bunny energy going on. With loquacious Mercury, sexy Venus, and ardent Mars all traveling closely together in sensual Taurus for several days following this full moon. My guess is that the sap is rising to full flower and the potent surge of natural creative forces are being experienced in an embodied sort of way. Notice the Neptune in Pisces effect. We are in the first weeks of a 15-year transit of Neptune, splashing about in its home waters of Pisces until 2026. Dreams, fantasies, and meditative awareness may be more vivid and easily attained in this period. Escapist tendencies, divine discontent, and general disillusionment are potential side effects as we get used to the increased power of Neptune's influence, amplified by its natural affinity with the sign of Pisces. Be alert for some amazing developments in art, religion, and issues associated with both oil and water supplies worldwide the next month starts off with a partial solar eclipse on June 1st the day should feel especially intense starting from May 29th through the third be prepared for sudden changes stay grounded and positive this is Paul Bogle your astro counselor at www.astrocounselor.com for the modern witch podcast thanks again Devin When you are searching for spirit, it's time to enter the Mystic Dream. We are a metaphysical and magical marketplace specializing in books, tools, and services for the spiritual journey. We are proud to offer a diverse selection of candles, herbs, oils, ritual tools, crystals, and art from a myriad of cultures and spiritual paths. Visit us on the web at www.themysticdream.com for our ever-growing online store. As well as our listing of classes and events, or call us at 925 933 2342. The Mystic Dream, where ancient wisdom meets the new aeon.
3: Benedictions, Modern Witch Podcast listeners. Today I thought I'd talk to you all about spirits of place, as I mentioned at the end of my last little first segment, actually, Um, as it is a topic or an issue that has great relevance to geographical location, and as I'm meant to be giving a Southern Hemisphere perspective on the craft and paganism and magical spirituality, I thought that the issue or the concept of working with spirits of place and honouring their providence would be a highly pertinent one so just briefly spirits of place are the constitutional energetic bodies or spirits um, that create the, the spiritual effervescence of a location in general the latin word for these spirits is genius loci which means the, the, the I guess the consciousness or the indwelling spirits and residential awarenesses that create one's location or place and as we are pagan our prime philosophical notion is that divinity manifests physically and so that all things that are physical or embodied within flesh uh, or embodied within sensuality are therefore directly and immediately spiritual or divine so the the forces the uh, the, the beings of awareness or, again, the constitutional energetic bodies that create location are definitely highly relevant to our practice. And um, the the most important or significant way to honour these spirits of place is first and foremost to acknowledge them as present and to acknowledge them as vitally necessary to the health. Um, and that, that word health or that concept health actually touching on all levels, so spiritual, psychological, emotional, physical, emotional, I've said emotional twice, but health, um, and health meaning one's optimum optimum state of, of uh, presence or balance within self. So, to first acknowledge the spirits of place is a vitally important craft tool and craft concept. And the way I do this is that wherever, whenever I reach new land or whenever I'm traveling, especially if I've just landed in, on new soil, have disembarked from a plane, I actually perform the Tree of Life or World Tree Alignment Meditation. I send my roots down into the earth, I let my branches spiral up to paint the arc of the heavens, and I bring them back to reconcile the earth and the sky within me, either using the third uh, realm of sea or just to l- allow them to mix, mingle, and marry within my heart center. And when I do that, I feel like I've invested energetically within that place and within that time, and therefore I have almost woven a web where I've increased my, my energetic vibration to accept the energetic vibration of the land and of that place. And what I then do is I open myself completely without imposition and without assumption to whatever it is, whatever those uh, bodies of energetic awareness are, as I said, or constitutional, spiritual uh, um, forces, and I simply say this: spirits of place, may you welcome me as I welcome you. And I find that that um, that phrase is so simple that it that it becomes necessarily powerful. And what it does for me, anyway, is that it creates almost. Um, uh, a link or a conduit in which I feel that my awareness is going outward and is being met by the outward going awareness of the spirits of place and when they reach a central point it's almost like a fusion of energy in which I have completely equalized and settled into that vibration Often when I find that I don't ground and centre when I come to new land, I become nauseous or dizzy or aggravated or very um, unclear and unfocused, and the moment I do ground and centre I feel completely fine, as if, the, as if this slate has been cleaned completely. Which I think is a testament to how important welcoming spirits in place is, not only to one's energetic health and um, balance, but also to, to our spirituality in general, Um, as it relates to every aspect of life. I think also simply being aware that when we're moving from place to place it's almost as as if we're visiting friends in their homes and it would be rude to not formally uh, state your presence or to to give a greeting, um, it would also be rude to simply move about that house as if it were your own, and you know, take take books or cups and food without asking. It, it's simply common sense to you know to ask first. In the same way, it would be to ask the spirits of place if it is okay for you to reside there um, and to use the resources that are present in that in that place and time. And I just wanted to finish with a story that would, um, I guess, cement or affirm this notion um, in in the everyday. When um, on the last day of the inaugural Reclaiming Witch Camp that was held in Victoria over the Easter weekend this year in 2011, um, we were visited by the physical manifestation of the Aboriginal creator god of that area, um, the Hillsville area, um, which is about an hour and a half northeast of, of Melbourne, in Victoria, um, is called Eagle Country. And in fact, most of the surrounds is also known as Eagle Country and is sacred to the Waradjuri people of the Kulin Nation. Um, and for those five days of witch camp we had been working with Bunjil who is the wedgetail eagle creator god of that area and is also the totemic ancestor of the people of that area and he had been coming to us in dreams in manifestations through uh, visions and he'd been uh, also um, expressing himself simply through the, um, the body language whenever we entered ritual space and trance often people would find that they would turn into eagles and so on the last day the, the sky cleared completely of clouds. Layer and that area is a very rainy area, especially at that time of the year. And we looked up to see right above us a wedgetail eagle, which is a hugely endangered species in Australia, um, flying in an infinity symbol. And that wedgetail eagle flew in that pattern for about 15 minutes and we, all, we were all quite in awe just perceiving this absolute physical manifestation of the spirit of the place that we had been honouring throughout that week or through those five days at witch camp. So I just wanted to, to hand that story as an example of how connection to and relationship with spirits of place is an absolutely vital one within craft and pagan spirituality more broadly and how, and how it can really affirm or confirm to us that the spirits do listen and do answer us. So I'll leave you on that super spiritual note.
4: You're feeling I know what you're dealing with yeah you run a hard try it, run a high I get wrong you're gonna be on your knees in the air
0: That is it for episode 16 of The Modern Witch Podcast, today's pagan pop culture for The Modern Witch. Um, Again, I'm your host, Devin Hunter. Special thanks to The Mystic Dream. You can find them online at www.themysticdream.com. They are the show sponsor, and they have amazing products and amazing supplies, um, stuff that you will not be able to find anywhere else. Check them out online. Um, Paul Bogle, thank you so much for our witchy astrology forecast for the month of May. Again, special thanks to Sasha Graham. Check her out. And uh, again, her new book just dropped this month um, by Llewellyn. So check her out, sashagram.com. Also, good day, Parma. Thank you for that absolutely fascinating uh, section that you provided for us there. Check me out um, on YouTube – or not on YouTube, but on Twitter um, by following at ModernWitchPC. Again, that is at ModernWitchPC. Check me out. I would love um, to – See what you guys are doing in your lives, and we can tweet and or whatever that whatever the thing is that you do on Twitter. Um, so yeah, check me out on there. Also, you can visit my website, um, which will have more information about the show, as well as upcoming events, all that kind of good stuff, and products and services that I make. Um, including online classes and all that good stuff. You can find that out at devinhunter.net. Also, guys, don't forget to check out modernslashwitch.com. We are doing a new uh, pairing with them and a new collaboration um, and awesome things to come over the next months. Um, If you want to know what's going on with uh, the show and the updates and all that good stuff, check out our Modern Witch Podcast community on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash modern witch podcast um and again follow me on twitter at modern witch pc all right guys i hope you have a wonderful month of may i will see you in june don't forget to check me out on christian day show hex education june 1st all right and uh, yeah have a fabulous fabulous rest of your month